Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Joking Dolphin Gaming Pod. I'm Mark, and as always, I'm joined by Matthew. Hello. And Nathan. Hey, up. Well, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks for us, hasn't it, James? It definitely has. Mm, yes. But it we've turns been... out that we've all managed to secure at least one of the, the new consoles. Can you believe exactly. it? We are now current yes. gen. I mean, you <laughs> predicted it was 2025 on the last pod. <laughs> like, you get one, <laughs> so. Well, yeah, we managed to fast forward a little bit, so it's good. Mm. So I've managed to get an Xbox Series X. Matt, you've managed to get a PS5. And yep. Nathan, you lucky, lucky boy. It's managed to scale both of them. I am a very lucky boy. Mm. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get on to later on. Definitely. Yeah, in due time. Okay, so where shall I begin? So have you two heard about EA Gate? No. No, I don't think so. That's really surprising. Maybe I'll, this will jog your memory. So FIFA 21 Probably. has been rocked by EA Gate. A scandal after a company employee is alleged to have sold coveted Ultimate Team cards for thousands of Yes, yes, pounds. okay. Ooh. I realised this was what it was called, but yes, yes, I've heard of this, yeah. So, unconfirmed direct messages appear to show a company... So, this is an article from your game. So, it says, unconfirmed direct messages appear to show a company employee selling icon cards in packages priced 750 to 1,000 euros. In one WhatsApp message, three Prime Icon Moment cards are offered for €1,700. Bargain. Mm. Is it just? Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch of screenshots of like people who have like, sc- screenshotted offers they've been made mm. by these apparent employees and like showing their, their vast teams that they managed to make mm. or buy, shall I say. Uh, icon cards are among the most sought after in FIFA Ultimate Team. They include legendary players such as Brazilian Ronaldo, Pele, Ronaldinho, Zinedine Zidane, and Rude Hullet, and are nearly impossible to obtain through the most controversial loot boxes. Even rarer are Prime Icon Moments, special versions of icon cards that mark one game or tournament that was special for the players. Mm. So players are known to have spent thousands of pounds on packs in a bid to obtain these super rare icon cards. EA has been criticised for not revealing the exact probability when the chance to obtain a card of a certain quality is, be- is below 1%, as is in the case with icon cards. Mm. FIFA Ultimate Team has always had a black market for the buying and selling of FIFA Ultimate Team coins, which can be used to buy icons from the in-game auction house when they are available. But this is the first time we've seen an allegation that players have been able to buy cards directly with cash. Mm. So, I mean, it's unsavoury. I mean, I think there's a, there's a lot of bad things about the whole Ultimate Team thing to begin with anyway. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. I used to buy coins off eBay. Um, I used to set myself a little allocation every month. And um, basically, the way it <laughs> used to work is that you would put a really rubbish player up on the store for like a million coins, for example. And you would buy those coins off somebody off eBay and they would mm. purchase that player for that buy it now price. Um, and then eventually yeah. they got wise to that and then they took that away. And um, oh. since then, they've found other ways of being able to um, exchange players and coins. But, uh, mm. yeah, just uh, it's just another thing, isn't it? It's... Well, this is at the end of it. So EA, they responded saying uh, they was going to launch an investigation. So they put out some piffy little twi- tweet saying, you know, oh, this is, we're going to make full investigation, all this and all this nonsense. And they eventually put out a blog post. Hmm. This is an update on our player item investigation. Earlier this week, we were made aware of suspicious activity relating to highly rated content in FIFA Ultimate Team. We learned that 
FIFA Ultimate Team items were granted to individual accounts that did not earn them through gameplay, i.e. by opening a pack, purchasing through the transfer market, completing a reward challenge, or other engagement. It appears that one or more EA accounts, which were either compromised or being used inappropriately by someone within EA, directly entitled items to these individual accounts. While a full investigation is underway, we wanted to share an update on the issue, including what we've learned to date, an overview of the FUT content granting process, and the actions we're taking to tackle this serious problem. The alleged behaviour is unacceptable, and in no way do we condone granting or purchasing player items in exchange for money. This is EA, who've done this process of making this gambling market to begin with, telling people they don't exchange players for money. There's something very suspicious <laughs> about this wording here. Mm. This practice runs counter to the game's competitive integrity. Next joke, please. <laughs> it's a violation of EA's yeah. user agreement. That's probably right. And is not something we tolerate. We do not allow the trade or sale of items outside our game for many reasons. I assume this is what you've just been talking about. Including that it would create an unequal playing field for our community. The whole process is really good. Cool I'm going to say the whole like well, that's it. loot boxing is. <laughs> There's a bit more, but it says we know that the trust of our communities is hard earned. Does anybody trust the EA community to begin well, with? Well, we say m- most of the time, if um, Pro Evolution came out with a half competent game, we'd move over to that. So that's as much trust as we've got in them. This is, and it's based on principles of fair play. Again, next joke. Uh, this illicit activity shakes that trust. Trust that didn't begin to be with. Uh, we've also been clear since the creation of Ultimate Team that items cannot be exchanged outside our game, and that's key to how we keep our game safe from manipulation and bad actors. So mm. unless it's EA doing the manipulation themselves, they don't like it. Uh, yeah, well, exa- that's what I was going to say. They're just annoyed that they're not raking that dollar in for yeah. them players. Yeah. This is a breach of that principle as well. And we won't let it stand. So, yeah, it's, it's a bit laughable, really, that EA would get on the high horse about people making money off the back of this. If it's individual EA employees, then is it on EA's behalf or is it straight in their pockets? Or? Well, it's got to be in their pockets because if it's outside of EA's terms of service, then that employee could potentially get fired for doing that. Making money off the backs of the company. No, no they'll give him a pay rise and find him, you know. <laughs> how, how can you monetize this more for us? That's what we'll do. We're going to move <laughs> you into sales. Great job. Yeah. Well, this is led to one final thing. So, this is a guy on Twitter who. So, EA and FIFA obviously have been saying that all to get these sort of like dream teams, it's all achievable in game. So, this guy's got a team here which is made of 100 million. 100 million coins team that he's got. Okay. In his team, he's got Brazilian Ronaldo, Pele, Ronaldinho, Rudolic, Cruyff, Vieira, Roberto Carlos, Maldini, Ferdinand, Zambotta, and Van der Sar. So that's his 100 yeah. million coin team. EA claims that this is achievable. So, and in a series of tweets, this guy called Scuds TV mm. mentions the three ways that FIFA says you can achieve this realistically in game. Mm-hmm. So, number one. Play games. So, how you manage to get 100 million coins through just gameplay. Mm. Assuming an average of 1,500 coins a game accounted for weekly rewards. 
That's a mere 66,666 games. I've just worked something out on my calculator. So when I were playing Ultimate Team back in the day, you'd normally get about 500 coins-ish per game. And it turns out if I wanted that 100... If I want that hundred million team, it'd take me forty thousand hours of gameplay to get that. Well, I was going to say so. That's sixty-six thousand six hundred sixty-six games in order to achieve hundred million gold. At an average of twenty minutes a game, that's a mere twenty-two thousand hours of gameplay, or nine hundred and sixteen days of gameplay twenty-four-seven. <laughs> that's two and a half years. Two well, and a half years, it. non-stop. Like, of a it's game achi- that's annual. It's achievable, but you'll be two years de- away from where you want to be. So, <laughs> and then it starts all over that. again. That's the yeah. annoying thing, because you build your team one year, and then you, you start from scratch the next year, so even if you do do this, it's all for naught anyway, because yeah, people are playing the next game. So that is unrealistic, I think, for safe to say. Mm. Number two, a way to, to get this. Monitoring the market. So... Trying to get 100 million coins through trading. Mm. So, assuming an average of 10,000 coins profit per trade, I need to make a mere 10,000 trades. Assuming I trade 10k every 10 minutes, I will need to trade for 1,650 hours or 69 days of trading 24 <laughs> 7. I mean, which is like to an I can see some people being dedicated to that just by having the um, Ultimate Team app on their phone. So you can just do trading through that then. Mm. Yeah, but that's 69 days of trading 24-7. That's a long-ass time. Yeah, it definitely. Is. No sleep. But I suppose some like people faithless. can be dedicated, I suppose. So is, is that realistic? No. And the third option, and EA's favourite, spending money. 100 million, co- uh, 100 million coins from FIFA points. So, assuming an average of 100,000 coins profit per 12k FIFA points spent, I need to purchase 1,000 12k FIFA points at a cost of £79.99 per 12k. Mm. I will need to spend a total of £79,990 on FIFA points. Oh dear. Realistic? Of course it is for the millionaire. I mean, for streamers, maybe. <laughs> Could be. They, they, make, they make the money back on pack, pack openings. Probably. Mm. If you like a big well, streamer, you range, did it. Wasn't it? I, think it's, I don't know if it's... Like 20, 2014, 2015, now we're big on watching pack openings on my lunch at work. Those were the days. Oh, part of the problem, though. Part of the problem. That's it. I'm fueling it. <laughs> so he goes on to finish saying, you need to understand the options you put in front of your community do not allow everyone to achieve whatever they desire in your game within reasonable limits. You have put the high-end content behind an extreme paywall or an unachievable time wall. The stance you take is unethical. You are, one, encouraging your community to spend huge amounts of time playing your game at detriment to their mental health. Or two, encouraging your community to spend, for most, an unethical amount of money at detriment to their financial health. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the reasons why I used to buy coins was because I weighed it up in my head. I could spend £15 on these coins or I could play for 60 hours to get the same thing. And it just didn't, for me, I, like, I enjoy playing FIFA, but not that much. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, if, 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 if even you say you can't enjoy FIFA that much, then that's saying something. Cause we're not I know, that was my biggest game of 2020. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd probably say back in like, 
2014, 2015, I was on like the armor team hype train. Like, I tried to work out like if I could spend like 30 quid a month and kind of the wage that I was on, I'd be, I'd still be fine. I wouldn't be missing that 30 quid, but it would help me sort of get the team that I'd wanted at that point. But I've never, I've just never not understood. worth it. <laughs> I've never understood Ultimate Team. Just never gone into it. It, it seems so much of a gamble. Just... I, I loved it when it first came out because I don't think I really spent out. And I'd like, I mean, at that point, like, teams were very basic. There's no icons, no, like, upgraded stuff. But I'd like a, I'd like, I'd like a Spanish team and somehow had Messi in it. And I was pretty good at it at that point. I think that's kind of what initially hooked me. Like, the first iteration where it wasn't too, too monetized at that point. Like, you still spend coins. Uh, spend money on it, but there was more. It was more achievable to get packs at that point and get good players. Mm. But obviously, that's how it all starts, and then rolls on. You think you're spending just like ten quid a month, and then suddenly it's twenty quid. And suddenly it's like a hundred quid in one go. <laughs> and then you're awful. living in a cardboard box, <laughs> yeah, with no PlayStation or Xbox. Um, I think one of the things that keeps you going though is like the competition between your mates and like the opening packs and telling them what you get. There's like a camaraderie. Oh yeah, around it. yeah, yeah. I, I was in a group where we loved like rubbing each other like, oh, guess who I've got? I've got like Messi or something. Or like, oh, I've just pulled team of the year, Sergio um, Ramos. And look at me. But oh, I think yeah. I think it's all very manipulative. Don't like it. Oh, it is. Oh, it is. It obviously, is. <laughs> So, through everything that we've just spoken about, 1,700 euros is a bargain if you want three of them. What? So, 79 oh, grand. Three pr- prime three, icon Yeah, flex. exactly. Okay. That's what he's trying to get. Oh. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> you want to spend cheap. that money, you go ahead. <laughs> no, not for me anymore. So... Um, in the past week or so, um, the long-anticipated acquisition of Bethesda has been completed. Um, so I wanted to talk about what this means at this stage, because they've come out and said that the contracts for Deathloop and um, Ghostwire Tokyo are going to be honoured. So they're going to be stayed on PlayStation. But what does that mean for games going forward? Because um, they did a roundtable event a few days ago. And they didn't outright say that everything going forward is going to be just for Xbox in so many words. So it might be that things are going to be coming for other systems. I, I, I don't understand why people are finding this very confusing. If if you buy something for 7.5 billion... Oh yeah, you are going to want to... You're going to use them to have exclusives on your console. Yeah. You yep. I don't understand why people are getting the tits that things might be good just being exclusive. So of course they are. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah. I mean, in my so, eyes, I think it's just Microsoft and Xbox playing catch-up in terms of getting these IPs. Well, that's the thing. I think I think because they've got, let's be honest, they got destroyed in the last generation in terms of like first-party exclusives and that kind of thing. Mm. That they needed something in this new generation. And mm. this is, you know, this is a, a great acquisition for, you know, plenty of great IPs and oh, in, order, in, in order to pull players to them they're going to have to make them 
exclusive, surely. So I don't, I don't see why the people are surprised by this. Well, it's only, it? it's, only, it's only similar to kind of what Sony did last generation. I mean, at the start of the gen, Insomniac was making, you know, Sunset Overdrive for Xbox only. Yeah. And then later in the, you know, later in the cycle, they get bought by Sony, and now we've got Marvel Spider-Man that's exclusive to Sony. I mean, I know Microsoft uh, fans, I should say, um, were up in arms at that point, but it's like, that's just kind of how it goes. If you buy a studio, you get exclusive rights to their IPs and stuff. Just otherwise, there'd be no point buying the studio. Yeah. But, well, I'm sure there'd be some. Well, you would get money off the sales still, but so your competitors yeah. would be funding you in effect. But, but is, if you want to drive people to Game Pass and PC, for example, you've got to have well, those as exclusive. Yeah, because it, enc- it encourages to buy the hardware with you. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But now they've. Um, so after this finally went ahead, they put 20 games on Game Pass, haven't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, straight on there. Yeah, all the classics, like all the well, not all the Wolfenstein's, but a good few of them, and a lot of the more recent ones, um, yeah. Evil Within, um, Doom, Fallout. Yeah, I think all the Fallout's from there. I think was was New it Vegas. Fallout? New Vegas wasn't on it though. No, was was Fallout Three? I think so. I think New Vegas might already be on Game Pass. Oh, it might be. I don't know. Maybe. Because that's Obsidian, was it? Which is also yeah, so, owned by Xbox. Well, yeah. Fueling those New Vegas 2 rumours. I think it'll be interesting, though. I hope so, because uh, they've made the best Fallout so far. <laughs> it's an exciting uh, time, though. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, it make, definitely. It makes me feel um, happy that I bought a Series X, because now we'll be getting these games. Um, I just can't wait for the next Elder, Elder Scrolls in the next couple of years. Hopefully. I think there's going to be some... I don't think that's going to be the next couple of years. Well, I say Starfield's still got to come out. I think that's... As long as we work in the engine for that, aren't we? Mm. Well, it's, uh, it's going to be the first game on the new creation engine. That's implant. I kept getting confused whether it was Starfield or whether it was the next Elder Scrolls that were going to be the first one. No, I'm pretty sure it should be Starfield. It'd be silly to still oh, continue so. using Creation Engine for it. Yeah. yeah. Especially on this generation now. We'll wait for the next iteration of Skyrim. Mm. Can't I'm wait not, for that. I'm sure that'll come along. Should we talk about the Square Enix presenter? Go on, then. Sure. Well, to, be, to be honest, not much really appealed to me from this. Is there anything mm. that stood out to you? Um, I kind of liked Outriders. I thought that was... Outriders looked tr- interesting. I... Yeah. Didn't, but go ahead. What was it? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. But anything, any game that has like giant creatures with weird appendages just grabs grasps me. Don't say that in the wrong way. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, like, uh... I saw these like giant walking things, like with arms like yeah, all over the place, and it was like, yeah, this is cool. I like this. <laughs> it could step on me and kill me, but yeah, I'm I'm invested now. Uh, yeah i um <laughs> don't know where to go from there. yeah so it's gonna be um produced by uh people can fly who worked on the gears franchise so that's kind of mm. pretty exciting because i i enjoy the gears of war franchise um so hopefully they'll try and transition some of that stuff across 
which is interesting to me. Um, so it looks like the the outriders can control like time, space, and matter, which will give it quite a a weird um, kind of concept. And then there's different classes that you can select as well, and then skill trees and crafting. So there is quite a lot to it. And the world itself looks fairly interesting as well. Um, so it's set on a planet called Enoch, and the planet's kind of evolved to try and kill humans um, by the looks of it. So, I mean, it's something that I'd definitely be interested in giving a go, and I'll, I'll keep my eye on it as it evolves. Mm. But, well, there's not too long to wait, because it's going to be out on the 1st of April. So, No, it's true. There's a there's a demo for it right now. Um, mm. Don't know if that's just for PlayStation or if it's on Xbox as well. But might give it a go. It looks interesting, for sure. Yeah, I think I'll get that downloaded later. I didn't know there were a demo, so thanks for that, Matt. Uh, no worries. <laughs> Did anything else grasp your attention? I like the stuff they were talking about on the 25th anniversary for Tomb Raider. Mm. Uh, so yeah, the, the re-releasing the three rebooted games only yeah yeah the definitive survivor bundle yeah Yeah. i'll tell you the one thing that really did stand out to me about about this stuff there's going to be a two really cookbook yes that was the first (laughs) thing that i wrote down like this is going to be like what cookbook it's like okay i don't remember a lot of cook i mean i've only played the first two Mm. i don't remember a whole lot of cooking them do you or or have i just like misremembered that or or not involved in it i don't know is there i don't think there is I mean, I know there's crafting stuff. I don't recall any real like cooking or yeah, what. Hmm. You just sit out, sit down at your campfire. Oh, I see. So you can yeah. craft your whatever you want. I suppose we'll find out. Like when that cookbook came up, I, 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 I I'm not being chauvinistic, but I said, Lisa, there's going to be a cookbook. <laughs> 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 and she's like, what? And then she ran downstairs. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also going to be um, like a Croft Manor coming to Fortnite on the 23rd of March. Um, so that seems pretty interesting for the Fortnite fans. Uh, yeah. Well, it's because she's um, she's in the new season, um, mm. season six. So, Which, actually, they've 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 done a justice, I think, with her design because they've got her rebooted look, and then they've got the the 25th anniversary look, which was. I think how she looked in Legends or yeah. the anniversary game, I should say. Um, but then they've also got like the actual classic Lara Croft look as well, and they all look really, really nice. Like they're designed quite well. Mm. I'll give it that. Fortnite seems now to design um, pop culture characters quite well. Uh, John Wick. John Wick looks pretty cool in the game. Hmm. Um. Our. To be honest, um, earlier on in the presents, they said that wait till the very end because we've got something special to show you. And at this stage, I was thinking, oh, are they going to reveal something about a new Tomb Raider game? But it wasn't that, but we can get to that a bit later. So the the last bit was a little bit disappointing for me, but still intrigued. There was some mobile stuff that I don't care about. Oh, the mobile stuff just went straight on that. Yeah, I was like, now... Oh, um, just because mobile... Yeah, yeah. How I was so disappointed that they said that that was mobile because I, when I saw it, I was like, "They're actually doing the the like the Just Cause two multiplayer mods, but like properly." And like this would be like awesome to have Just Cause like multiplayer because just Just Cause is like a, a fruit fun game, just mindless destruction and whatnot. Mm. 
and like I could see how well it would it would fit in like a battle royale kind of sense. As soon as he said it was mobile, I was like, <laughs> why? Why is everything I, going mobile? I saw the trailer and I was like, I was thinking to myself, the game is going to look nothing like this. Why are you even showing this to me? And then I, I switched off for a bit. Well, it might do. I mean, mobile games are looking a lot better than what they used to. Like, mm-hmm. COD Mobile looks pretty decent for a mobile game. Yeah, but if, if I immediately think mobile, I, I straight away think... You're like Candy Crush. <laughs> no, but I think monetization. Um, um, well... Yeah. yeah. Mm. That's what I immediately think about when I think of mobile games. True. Saying that, the more console games go on, <laughs> I seem to think that's well, the same. Well, yeah. Well, that's I it. We've just spent the last 15 minutes talking about FIFA, so, yeah. Yeah, that mobile game. Yeah, they also talked about the new um, an AR Space Invaders game, um, which, well, Space Invaders again. I'd be interested to that see what they cool. do with it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Like, proper Space Invaders being, like, in a real-time sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'd like I to just, give it a go, at least. I just want to pop back to the, uh, the Tomb Raider cookbook. Oh so yeah, I've just looked. I've just found it on uh, Amazon. Oh, so, yeah. this is the description of the cookbook. So, so, Tomb Raider: The Official Cookbook and Travel Guide is a thrilling and delicious tutorial on recipes based on the cultural history of the many locations Lara Croft has visited throughout her 25 years of royal adventures, bringing the taste back home to you. Inspired by the hit Tomb Raider video game franchise, this book features over 40 recipes for the many locations Lara Croft visits and explores across the globe with food and drinks inspired by key characters and locations. Also included is expert information on the cultural history of the many beautiful cities and countries to which she travels. A global exploration, this unique cookbook and travel guide takes fans on an exclusive journey across the planet, chasing the thrills and adventures of Lava Croft. Featuring beautiful full-color photographer, as well as stunning art from the games, this is the ultimate gift for fans, travellers, and food aficionados alive. So there you go. Okay. So that actually probably sense. nothing to do with the actual games, really. No. no. It's just a licensed cookbook, then. So it's not uh, like, I'd like to know what like, a Lara Croft drink tastes like. So it's not like just a rabbit she just chucked on the fire or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just half-skinned. Yeah. First put an here's, arrow. Here's how to make a burnt rabbit meal. Yeah. It's like pit to catch the First cat. skin rabbit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself your bow and arrow. Yeah. yeah. Make shift it from the bark of a ancient tree, something. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that's going to be out on the 26th of October, by the looks of it. So, yeah. What's that? The uh, the cookbook. Oh, the cookbook. Okay. So it's 21.53 on Amazon at the minute. So a little bit pricey, but I think for for two radio fans, definitely something to to get for your collection. I mean, it's not the first thing I would have thought about making on the 25th anniversary, but. Mm. <laughs> Right, uh, back to the square it presents there. The final game, Life is Strange True Colors. Now, mm. I don't think I've you played any Life is Strange games, have you? I haven't. I need to get around to it. I know what they are about, though. Yeah. So I've only played the first one. And basically, the series, but I kind of know what the second one's kind of about as well. So they're sort of teenage or young coming of age stories, basically. And the. Mm. It's about a young character dealing with usually a tragedy and their relationships around them that usually involve one person. So in the first game, he was uh, you played a character called Max, and he was in regards to a best friend called Chloe. Yeah. In the second game, I think it's a boy called Daniel and his brother 
and in this game, this new one, it seems like it's, I can't remember her name. Alex. Alex. So Alex yeah. goes to Haven's Springs and her brother, because uh, she's been invited by her brother Gabe. Yeah. And then he dies under mysterious circumstances and that's like yeah. the catalyst for the game. Yeah. So every game seems to have this, like, there's a tragedy. Yeah, there's always it's a tragedy involved. And the main character always tends to have some sort of power. Some sort of. Yeah, so in the first game, uh, Max had uh, time manipulation. She could be around time. Uh, in the second one, Daniel think he had like, telekinetic power so he could move mm. objects and that kind of thing. And in this one, in, she can read emotions from other people. Yeah. That is yeah, one, she can thing... read the emotions but also feel them as well if it's yeah. if the emotion is too overwhelming. Or so if there's one thing about the Life of Strange games that I know about is that they are very emotional. That yes. first game destroyed me on an emotional level. I could really? never play it again. I oh, could well. never play that game again. And I purposely put off playing the other ones because I just I, I just don't know. Yeah, you don't want to go just, back. <laughs> I don't know if I could go through all that turmoil again. Well, do you know what, Mark? You're in for a treat because they've got a remaster collection. Well, that's just the first one, is it? And no, it's the, the first. Oh, the first yeah, it's the one first and two. Before the Storm. No, was Before the Storm is a prequel to the first one. Ah, so, right. So there's actually four games in total. Oh, I thought there were only three. Fair enough. So there's Life is Strange, which is the one I've done. So the main first game. Then there was Before the Storm, which followed Max's best friend, Chloe. So the first game was made up of five episodes. So that... Before still was made up of three episodes, and then I think Life Strange 2 was five episodes. But this new one is going to be all at once, released all at once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's going to be slightly different. But before I play this one, I'm going to have to play the others first. But I just don't know if I can do it. <laughs> I don't know if I can do it. Because I, I tell you what, no, if you thought Last of Us was emotional, that mm. Life Strange took more out of it than Last of Us did. Really? Wow. No, I um I got the Life is Strange the complete edition um on Amazon a Prime Day about three years ago now and I've not touched it yet. Lisa's played it, but I've not, so I might have to give it a go. Yeah, I need to see what it's like. Deals with very heavy hitting subjects. I might stream it. Oh, oh, I don't know. Stream the emotions. That's it. You were doing more streaming than that. You'd be streaming tears, mate. That's what you (laughs) mean. Tears, buggers. Uh, was there anything else from that Square Enix took you answer? Because that was pretty much the only thing that interested me. Mm-hmm. And the cook, of course. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, they came. They had some Marvel Avengers stuff in there as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask your guys' thoughts on this. To be honest, for me, the combat actually looked quite good. Better than I thought it was going to look. Um, the combat is fun, if a little repetitive. Don't know what else to say about it, really. <laughs> I suppose we we being a new character is you're gonna be seeing sort of new stuff. So um like Clint Clint looks um like it might be fun to use. Mr. Hawkeye. Hmm. It's kinda of nice to see that they they've actually got some sort of roadmap now as well of like, okay, we've we've fixed most of the you know the problems that we had at launch now. We can start focusing on actual content. Have they? No. <laughs> I said most, I didn't say all. Well, they announced a new character. Mm, yes, Mr. Mr. Wakanda. Mm. Black Panther. Black Panther. So that should be. He looked pretty good, actually. I liked his design. I can't remember the name of the DLC, though. Something. Um, like isn't it something like War of Wakanda or something like that? 
Some, yeah. Something like that. Some some wars coming to Wakanda because they had uh, they had like a talk of between someone and Claw, so they were trying stealing the vibranium from Wakanda, like everyone else seems to be. <laughs> well, this is sort of a side note. This wasn't in that, but Square Enix and mm. Crystal Dynamics had mentioned that Spider-Man is coming to Marvel Avengers, but not before Black Panther. And no timescale on Spider-Man has been released either. No, he's looking very kind of next year-ish. <laughs> I have to say, this surely this must annoy Sony. So he had this exclusive thing, and surely the whole point was to like encourage people to come to PlayStation when the game launched. Mm. And now mm-hmm. it's, it's like, who, when Spider-Man launches, who else, who's going to bother going and buying the game just to go on that? Everyone knows that the game's in a, such a state. Like, why would you go yeah. do that? So that's so that. So to me, the ship has sailed at this game. And well, it's going to be too to, late, isn't it? Yeah, it won't encourage anybody to go and actually go to the PlayStation anyway. Very odd. Yeah, I, f- I feel like I feel like one way they might save this game is if they, they announce that they go free to play at some point. Well, they've announced that that's not in the foreseeable future. That, 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 that's, they're not crossing that. Well, if well, Spider-Man does come out next year, then they could pop it on. PS Plus or something, maybe. If it's well, properly we'll see if the uh, people are still playing the game at that, that point. <laughs> okay, should we move on to other things? Do you want to hear some more bad news? Oh, go on, I love bad news. I'd rather not, but you're going to tell me anyway. So. About, about another company which has achieved extreme success in terms of accumulating the money and then doing bad things. So Activision has fired dozens of its shift away from live events. So obviously okay. due to the pandemic... Fewer live events are occurring, but it seems like... Uh, so, anyway, this is an article from Bloomberg. It says, Activision Blizzard fired dozens of people on Tuesday across various departments, including 50 employees who handled esports programming and other live events. The dismissals affect less than 2% of the total workforce, or fewer than 190 employees. So, it's, well... 189, it's, then. It's a bit confusing. So, so it's... So it's 190 employees, basically. So the person with knowledge of the matter who asked not to be identified because the number isn't public. The cuts signal that Activision plans a broader shift away from in-person events after a year of coronavirus lockdowns. Players are increasingly choosing to connect with our games digitally and the esports team. Uh, much like traditional sports, uh, sports entertainment and broadcasting industries has had to adapt its business due to the impact the pandemic has had on live events. As a company spokesperson said, US workers will receive a minimum of 90 days severance and health benefits for a year, as well as job transition support, the spokesperson said. But get this, get this for a kick in the teeth. They were also given $200 gift cards to Battle.net, the Blizzard online game service. (laughs) Go get those club points. You're sacked, but here's some gift cards to give us money back. Yeah. Well, here's his money to buy our games and our merchandise. I mean, that's... Well, if you think about it, if they've been working for that company, they're probably invested in its games, so it might not necessarily be a bad thing. <laughs> well, just just give it the two hundred dollars. Uh, but this has led. Have you heard about the the Blizzard CEO? Oh know, yeah. What's happened yeah. to this? Mm. So an investor group has got annoyed because the CEO is getting a two hundred million dollar bonus payout. Oh no. Mm. $200 million. So investor firm CTW, the investment group, is reporting that Activision Blade's CEO Bobby Kotick is poised to receive a huge cash payout to the tune of $200 million, 
According to a statement, the firm is none too happy about this, as it appears to have come as part of a loophole in the system. Right up front, it mentions bearing that CTW is an act, an activist investor group that has a mission to hold directors and executives accountable for what they describe as irresponsible and unethical corporate behaviour. The numbers they reported appear to stem from their own calculations. Kotick will reportedly receive this massive payout thanks to the shareholder value creation incentive provision in his employment agreement. This loophole allows Kotick to receive a full performance equity payout from previous years, regardless of where the company milestones were reached. As a result, and in the face of the company's share price increasing over 66% since December 2019, Kotick will get cash rewards dating back to 2017. Oh dear. It's just in poor taste, and it's bad mm. timing, I think. Yeah. So while people are getting sacked, I love it shop. Because this isn't, isn't the first round of like sackings and layoffs they've done. Yeah. I mean, over the past year, they've done it a few times. Was, I mean, was the one where there were 800 people released at one go or something? Mm. And then Probably. 200 million for one bloke. I think if you'd have told me the first bit, I wouldn't have been overly bothered about it. Because, yeah, there's not as much um, need for like doing events yeah. on a physical level. So, yeah, yeah. you don't need them people. No, and the then although, you would let them go. I would have thought for, with a company of that has managed to accumulate that, because the amount of money they've made over the past year or two has been ridiculous. Record yes. costs. They could have moved them elsewhere in the company. Oh, they could have furloughed them until they needed them again. Yeah. Because no doubt when things, well, hopefully when things go back to normal-ish. Yeah. Live events will happen again. Yeah, you know, you'll need somebody for these. Yeah, you'll you'll need a team, a department that you just sacked. If anything, the furlough would have been the best option. Again, I, I don't know if they they can still do furlough at this point. But I don't know what the rules are furloughing over there. Yeah, it's a shame, but I think they got they got a pretty good um, payout. Three months worth of wages, a year's worth of um, medical insurance, and then. Obviously, the two hundred dollar gift card, the yeah, cherry on the best cake. Bit, isn't it? <laughs> best bit. But yeah, that that's hundred million. It just it's unwarranted. It's a bit of a kick any for... anybody getting that kind of money. It's just it just boggles the mind. How would you even spend two hundred million? Mega yachts and houses. By uh, shark cards. <laughs> Ultimate team, yeah. All my team, there we go. Yeah, that's true. You'll, you'll, get, you'll my addiction yeah. back up. You'll be able to get that 100 million points. That's, yep, that's 77,000 <laughs> 77, is nothing dropping ocean. I'll have my prime Shearer soon. Uh, okay. So I've heard about the, the GTA Online mod. He's managed to find a way to speed up the loading times. Oh, yeah. So seven years after the game's release, it's taken the GTA Online player to fix the game's loading times by up to 70% PC. Uh, apparently, it was caused by a single-thread CPU bottleneck while starting up GTA Online. I don't know what that means, but... So they have a lot more threads, basically, so it loads faster. Uh, I'll Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so apparently, this should have this should have taken a normal dev to actually do within a day. So, but it's just someone at Rockstar just didn't do it. Uh, so Rockstar have officially acknowledged it and released a patch with the fix. Uh, user... Tosta CX, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Apparently, that's the person who done this. Uh, mm. Discovered the solution was awarded ten thousand dollars as part of Rockstar's bug bounty program. Not bad for that's a day's cool. work. No, yeah. 
I have to say, when I first heard this, I thought that from Rockstar it might have been like ten thousand in-game dollars or something like that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. You can buy a rubbish. Here's, bike. here's ten shot cards. <laughs> um, I just want to mention another fix. Um, so there's been some reports on the Xbox Series X of it randomly powering off. Um, so Microsoft have acknowledged this, and they're working on a fix that's apparently going to be out soon. There's no particular date that they've announced, but um, I've not experienced it personally, but apparently a few people on Twitter have, and uh, and they're working on it. So, so what? It's, it's just switching itself off. Yeah, it would randomly just switch itself off, like when in the middle of a game or or anything. It would just randomly do it. It switch on straight away afterwards, but it would just randomly switch itself off. Should we talk about something positive? Yeah, I've gone there. So, Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, I like him. It is now has one of the highest completion rates among open world games on PlayStation. Oh, wow. That's great. Wow. So, over 50.2% of players have completed the story. Hmm. And usually between 30 and 40% complete story in open world games. That's like the standard. Hmm. Hmm. I've got a list here of the top 12 open world games on PS4 hmm. based on their story completion rate. So, at number 12, we've got Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which was completed by 19.8% of players. Oh, that's not a lot. No. At 11, we've got Watch Dogs 2, at 24.9%. Okay. 10, Red Dead Redemption 2, at 28.2%. I can see it, I can see it, because it... It's a long story. Yeah, it's, it's the first section is just very long and... Well, the epilogue's long. <laughs> No, it is, but I remember, I like I remember being inside of the game, getting it, and then starting it. And then... some people took against like the opening bit, which I, yeah. I, I, thought, I thought was great. But no, I like, I, I liked it. But I got I got to some point and then I had to stop. Well, this, it took me like a month to come back to it. <laughs> Number nine, Death Stranding, twenty-eight point six percent. That's surprising. Because I, I, I was going to say I did start it, but. It, I didn't like it, so I didn't continue. It wasn't for me. Mm, started it, yeah. I, that first that first section is is a bit of a drag to get through. But I thought that to begin with that this is surprising. But then I'm also thinking actually this is a percentage of the players who bought it. This is yeah. taking to get how many people actually owned the game. That's the thing. Mm. So a lot more people will have bought Red Dead Two compared to Death Stranding, but more people oh. who bought Death Stranding will completed it. Mm. So, so number eight is uh, The Witcher 3, 29.8%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine. That's quite a long story as well, isn't it? Very yeah, long. Yeah, but people that play it do actually really love the game. And yeah. there's some people that I know of that have completed it multiple times because they enjoyed it that much. So, yeah. Uh, number seven, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, 30%. Mm. Number six, Horizon Zero Dawn. 34.1%. I need to go back into it. <laughs> Not starting it yet. Uh, number five, Days Gone, 34.7%. Quite surprised by that, actually. Number four, Far Cry 5, 36.7%. Yeah, two. Number three, Assassin's Creed Origins. 38%. They love their Assassin's Creed, don't they? <laughs> well, it's open world games, aren't they? It's pretty much like a yeah. core of all... Open World Games or Assassin's Creed. Number two, as I mentioned, goes to Tsushima, 50.2. Number one, a percentage of 50.8. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Correct. 
Spider-Man. Now, I thought there was, good, there was a bit of a glaring omission on this list. So I went and I'd look at it. And that was God of War. Oh, yeah. But then it turns out that that's not really considered an open world game. I wouldn't, yeah. I don't know if you'd be able to class but, that as an open world game. Yeah, yeah. There is like a whole well, look- area, though. But still, yeah, the the it's, story it's is probably not a true linear. Problem. But I did look at what the completion rate was anyway, and that's exactly that's the same as Spider Man, fifty point eight. Oh, fifty point eight. Yeah. So I'm going to class that as a joint first. <laughs> Has anybody seen the new PSVR controllers? Ooh. Yes, I have. Yes. Mm. I think yes. they look great. The orbs. I quite like them. They're designed. They're quite similar to the um, Oculus controllers. Mm. Got the like circular design around the around the hand. It's pretty kind of cool. Yeah. So um, the it co- this is going to come with adaptive triggers, haptic feedback. The hype is real on that, by the way. But we'll I might get to that later. And finger touch detection. Yeah. So again, I think personally the orbs look fantastic. And with this, the control well the controls the orbs are going to be tracked by the headset. So, with any look, there's not going to be any need for a camera to track the yes. movement, which so. is which is going to be great. Hallelujah. Because if they make this headset wireless in any way, or even with just one wire, and then have these orbs there. And they've already said it's going to be one wire, Is it? All right. Yeah, I, I, I didn't pick up on that. One right. Perfect. One wire. The headset tracks the orbs, and that's it. No more. That's all I need. Please. I really hate the sensor stuff. I... I don't know. I've I used my uh, my brother's got is it Oculus or the HTC Vive. Mm. Um, I tried his years like quite a few years ago, and that tracking is just so much better. There's a lot of wires attached to it, but like being able to just like know where you are in the game and not having like some sort of sense to tell you you've you can't bend down quite enough to pick up that gun you've accidentally dropped, <laughs> um, or you can't quite like reach a certain place because you're kind of just outside the camera's view. It's, oh, it's horrible. Well, yeah, I think it's definitely a step up from what we had previously with the um, PSVR. With them like shoehorning the old PS3 move controllers in and stuff. That you can barely buy now. Well, exactly. The same. I, I was, yeah. I've even tried to get one nowadays. It's like 100 quid. Yeah, I, was, I was lucky to get, get mine. I'm, I'm going to make some people envious here. I picked up two of the controllers from the charity shop for four pounds. Wow! One of my best pickups. Sam, now you get a couple hundred quid. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping them for my own entertainment. Oh. They are, I, I can't believe how expensive they are. It's, but the thing is, it's sort of made PSVR redundant now. The fact that you can't get them. Mm. I've already I've picked up my PSVR. <laughs> as soon as I got my PS5, as like that's it. <laughs> Off you go. Mm. Yeah. That's the thing, I, I, you know, I, I tried VR Hitman, which yeah. is like, I can't see me really going back onto it for much. Mm. Although I, th- I think it depends what type of games you play. I found that games where you're static are a lot better than ones when you move. Mm. I, I seem to be able to play them for a lot longer. Mm. I, I could see that, yeah. Where you, you have to like point to kind of move and stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm going to come back to my, my favourite VR game, Job Simulator. <laughs> where you just stood at one place just doing all your stuff I could play that for hours oh actually I've just it just got me thinking we uh, we bought that Star Trek game the Star Trek bridge crew one Ah, we've not even cracked into that yet we've got to at least give it one go it's still sealed for me 
Yeah, we should give that a go after. Well, saying that, it's, that's good. Well, it's back out now, doesn't it? I'm going to get mine back out. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just hope for the next three hours it's compatible. <laughs> yeah. Xbox, mini fridges. They're a thing. I've seen these. Yeah, yeah. Sort There's of. A... They're kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, so... it's a, isn't it? It's, um, they created them with the partnership with Dwayne Johnson's, like, energy drink. Yeah. So Xbox confirms unique Series X mini fridges, but you can't buy them. Uh, partnership with the box Zoa Energy Drinks. That's it, Zoa. So the Zoa packages also include a customized Xbox Series X controller with a Zoa design on, uh, a pair of Zoa branded sunglasses, and six cans of the Zoa Energy Drink. Then the Rock put out an Instagram of him showing it off. Yeah. I, I helped Bill Gates launch the original Xbox years ago, and it's a pleasure to partner with Xbox once again to create the most the most electrifying and most fun custom kit to power up your gaming skills you've ever seen. Your own Zoa slash Xbox fridge that resembles the Xbox console, your own custom Zoa slash Xbox controller, your own pair of electrifying glasses, the same ones that I wore on stage with Bill when we originally revealed Xbox to the world, your own Zoa Xbox coasters, and of course your number one source of gaming energy cans of Zoa Energy. This was so much fun to create with Xbox and can't wait for you to enjoy it as well. Sip your Zoa. Now let's go. All he's missing is a is generic that, pack that, of Doritos. That, oh or no, is that a catchphrase? No. Uh, it's one of the worst. Well, unfortunately, there's no indication that the Series X mini fridges will be available for general sale. However, last year Xbox's marketing boss did poll fans on whether they'd be interested in buying one, with 30,000 users voting that they would. So perhaps the item could yet appear in the future. Mm. Now, that was an article on uh, Video Games Chronicle. I just, so, want, I just want the big one. I want the, the big fridge. Yeah, the massive. Yeah, yeah the massive. That was awesome. <laughs> I think it's more likely to have a mini fridge, isn't it? Where, yeah. Was the other winner announced for that fridge competition? Because I never saw it. Uh, I can't remember. It was when at US only or something like that, so... I think the Joker Dolphin Twitter competition won it, and I've got it in my house now, and I've just not told anybody. Okay. I wish. She's not really got a Series X. It's just the fridge. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) That picture, just the fridge. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I've never tried that energy drink. I've never even seen it. I think it's probably US only. I've never heard of it. i never heard of it until they were like, yeah, we're doing a partnership with The Rock. What? (laughs) An Animal Crossing horror movie. It's got Excuse me. <laughs> I sort of heard about this. Yeah, sort of. So a short horror... So this is an article on Video Games Chronicle. It's a short horror movie about a monster trapped inside Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's to be made into a feature-length motion picture. Don't Peek is a short film unaffiliated with Nintendo, which was shot during quarantine by director Julian Terry and focuses on a woman playing her Switch in bed at night. As she plays Animal Crossing, she realises that performing actions in her character's bedroom, like opening drawers and turning on lights, makes the same actions happen in her actual room. At first she's impressed by this, but then she sees a figure with a grotesque face standing in an open doorway in the game. The creature, called Zozo, asks her, will you let me out? She chooses no, and the invisible force opens her bedroom door and appears to crawl under the bed sheets. Okay. I've actually watched that. It's on YouTube. It's, yeah. it's a bit freaky. Okay. How, how long is it? <laughs> About seven minutes long. What's it called again? Don't peek. Hmm. So according to Deadline, this short is to be adapted into a feature-length film by Timur Bekmabitov, 
who previously produced the Unfriended horror movies. Don't know if you've seen them. And directed mm-hmm. Night Watch and Day Watch. The trouble is, they're not going to get licensed for Animal Crossing. Are they? No, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it kind of goes against the family-friendly image they've got. Just a bit. <laughs> it, it reminds me a little bit of that, um, that Nicolas Cage film that came out recently that's quite... Um, I suppose inspired by Five Nights at Freddy's, the whole like animatronics kind of come out and they're a bit oh, murderous. Yeah. That's pretty much like a, an unofficial Five Nights at Freddy's film, pretty much. Even though there's one in the works as well. I think I'll definitely give that a watch. See how freaky it really is. Yeah, I think I might give it a watch as well. Sounds sounds intriguing. Anyway, as like a concept. Mm. So Gotham Knights has been delayed to 2022. Okay. Fair enough. Well. There you go. Games get delayed. <laughs> yep. Tiger Woods has signed a long-term deal with 2K Games to give his name and likeness to their PGA Tour games. So he's gone from EA so to 2K. Yeah. So that's Tiger Woods PGA <laughs> Tour coming back. <laughs> yeah. Gamescom, the games event in Germany, will happen this year as a hybrid event consisting of both physical and digital formats. So they're hoping to go back to a live yeah. show. But they're going to maintain uh, a lot of digital it's around Gosh. August, isn't it? I think Gamecom, uh, Gamescom, some like that. I can't remember. Well, hopefully we can we can get back to some sort of normality by that point. Finally, developers of Final Fantasy VII Remake have stated they are going to prioritise Part Two over more DLC. What's your yeah. To be expected about, I think. Uh, I remember reading something from a recent interview that they were saying that like um, a PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake was always kind of in the works i think this was just something to kind of tie along to it as well um the the inter integrated sort of dlc but i, I think they need to focus on on part two after that i think it'd be a bit of a waste to just keep on doing dlc because i don't know how much more you can get out of midcar right do you want to do the battle game awards yes oh go on let us predict so this coming thursday the 25th March, BAFTA here in the UK is going to have their Game Awards. Mm-hmm. So, like we did with the, the Game Awards back in December. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we're going to make our predictions. Ooh. So, animation. So, we've got Doom Eternal, Final Fantasy VII Remake, The Last of Us Part Two, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales, Other Than the Will of the Wisps, and Spirit Fowler. What we got? The Last of Us Part Two for me. <laughs> we know where this is going. This, this, this sounds strangely familiar. Mm. Um, I've gone for Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. I've gone for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Wow. Interesting. I don't know why, but... Uh... <laughs> I don't know why, but... <laughs> Artistic Achievement. Uh, Cyberpunk 2077. Dreams. Ghost of Tsushima. Hades. Half-Life. Alex. And The Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us Part 2. Yeah. Uh, I've gone for Hades. I've gone for Ghost of Tsushima. All different so far. Audio achievement. Astro's Playroom, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Last of Us Part 2, Spider-Man Miles Morales. I've gone for Ghost of Tsushima. Wow, that surprised me. I went for Last of Us Part 2. I've gone for Last of Us as well. Uh, best game. <laughs> Animal Crossing, New Horizons, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, Last of Us Part 2. Spider-Man Miles Morales. The Last of Us Part 2. The Last of Us Part 2. I had to change my mind on this one. But... Oh, has he gone for something else? 
No, 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 no. I changed my mind from Hades to The Last ah. of Us Part Two. Okay. Uh, best British game: Dreams, F1 2020, Fall Guys, The Last Campfire, Oroki, uh, Sackboy: Big Adventure. I've gone for Dreams. I've gone for Dreams. I went for Dreams. Uh, best debut game: Airborne Kingdom, Call of the Sea, Carrion, Factorio, The Falconeer, and Roki. Well, I. Uh, that's what I was just going to say I didn't know any of these so I've just gone for Call of the Sea does that just sound cool yeah <laughs> I've gone for Carry On but I don't know why I don't even know what it is um, the I'm only one that I have a vague no knowledge on is Factorio so I went for that best evolving game Destiny 2 Beyond Light Dreams Fall Guys Fortnite No Man's Sky and Sea of Thieves I went for Fortnite. I've gone for Fortnite. I've gone for No Man's Sky. You sound exasperated by that, Mark. <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to vote for Fortnite or anything. To be honest. <laughs> well, you don't have to. No one forced you. I know, but it's like... Who, Got to think tactical. What's likely to win, that's the thing. Ah, but this, uh, this is why I thought tactical, though. Because no, no Man's Sky won the equivalent um, yes, in Game Awards. True. So that's why I just kept it. Uh, best family game. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Astro's Playroom, Dreams, Fall Guys, Minecraft Dungeons, and Sackboy Epic Adventure. Animal Crossing. Animal, Animal Crossing. Crossing. Yeah. Animal Crossing all round. Mm-hmm. Uh, game design. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Astro's Playroom, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Half-Life Alex, and Last of Us Part 2. Last of Us Part 2. Hades. Last of Us Part 2. You guys need to play different games. <laughs> hey, I, I, I did all 80s on last one, but <laughs> uh, game beyond entertainment. Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Before I Forget, Dreams, Spirit Flower, Last of Us Part Two, and Tell Me Why. Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> I've gone for Tell Me Why. I went for Tell Me Why as well. Best multiplayer. Animal Crossing: New Horizons, Deep Rock Galactic, Four Guys. Ghost of Tsushima, Sackboy, A Big Adventure, and Valorant. I've gone for Animal Crossing. I've I've gone for Valorant. Would you go for more, sir? All guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, music. Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Last of Us Part 2, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Ori and the Will of the Wisps, and Sackboy, A Big Adventure. I know there's a bigger mission here, Matt, that you don't like. <laughs> I don't I don't. There's no Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy in fact, that was the winner of the game, wasn't that it? That was, yeah, that was the winner of the music one last time. So how it's been, I don't know how set by is going, but. But anyway, what are you picking from this one? Uh, I've gone for Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. I've gone for The Last of Us Part Two. And I've gone for Ghost of Tsushima. Yeah, not different. Narrative. Now there's a glaring omission in this one, surely. No, I don't, I don't see what you're talking about. So Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Cyberpunk 2077. Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, and Spider-Man Miles Morales. It sounds like with them 99p games you got on the Wii, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. <laughs> I'm um, staggered The Last of Us is not in that. Yeah, that's the... Yeah. I mean, it's probably going to get enough, but yeah, it needs to be it's in there. probably why I got omitted. Like, right, you, you're voting for too weird, too much stuff. You can, you can leave this one. <laughs> I've gone for Ghost of Tsushima with this one. So I've gone for Cyberpunk 2077. Ooh. What? 
Only because, I mean, I've heard it's the story is very good. And once you weird, you know, kind of peer through the bugs and stuff, they does actually have a pretty good story. So I thought if, if Cyberpunk was to win any, it, it might be this one. So uh, original property. Carrion, Fall Guys, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, and Spirit Rock. I've gone for Hades. I've gone for Hades. Gone for Hades. Performer in a leading role. So Ashley Johnson is Elliot in The Last of Us Part 2. Karami Lay, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, female V in Cyberpunk 2077. Cody Christian as Cloud Strife in Final Fantasy VII Remake. And Daisuke Suji as Jin Sakai Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, Laura Bailey as Abby in Last of Us Part 2. And Naj Jita as Miles Morales in Spider-Man's Miles Morales. Laura Bailey. That's what I've gone with. I've gone with Ashley Johnson on this one. Come for Laura Bailey again. Former in a supporting role. Carla Tassara as Judy Alvarez in Cyberpunk 2077. Jeffrey Pierce as Tommy in Last of Us Part 2. Logan Cunningham, Hades, Achilles, Poseidon, Darius, Jaron, Jaron and the Storyteller in Hades. Patrick Gallagher as Kilton Khan in Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Shannon Woodward as Dina in Last of Us Part 2. And Troy Baker as Joel in Last of Us Part 2. Let me just say something. How the hell has Tommy managed to wriggle his way into this list? He were not even in the game. He is. He came back all if, crippled and angry. If, there, if there's anyone that... It's a sporting I, role, If there's anyone that I thought was weird... supporting. If there's anyone that I thought was weird and this was actually Troy Baker, because I'm like, the man... Does something in the game. Well, do you know what, Matt? That I've makes gone him for not Troy Baker, so much. So there. <laughs> He's better Fine. than Tommy. The best I mean, bro. <laughs> I would say out of, out of those three, if I was to pick out of The Last of Us Part 2, I would have gone for Shannon Woodward. Woodward. But that's not much. Of those three, yeah. Of those three, I would have picked her. But it's not my actual choice. So what is your choice? My choice is Logan Cunningham. That was my choice as well. It is pretty good, to be fair. What have you chosen, Nathan? Troy Baker. Troy Baker. <laughs> he wants the Ashley Johnson Troy Baker chip on the <laughs> on the digital screen. No, 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 no. Technical achievement. Demon Souls, Doom Eternal, Dreams, Microsoft Flight Simulator, Last of Us Part Two, and Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Flight Simulator. I've gone for flight simulator. I've gone for flight simulator as well. It's just looks just because how the hell do you render the entire earth in one game? <laughs> Seems but finally go with EA game or EA? No, EA, EA, EA <laughs> game of the year. Animal Crossing New Horizons, Call of Duty Warzone, uh, Ghost of Tsushima, Hades, <laughs> Last of Us Part Two, and Valorant. I've, I've uh, gone for Last of Us Part Two. Right, I'm going for Call of Duty. Call of Duty was it? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Last of Us Part 2. I, see, I, I don't think it would be a bad shout at saying Call of Duty. I've not gone for Call of Duty. Um, I've flipped it a little bit and gone for Hades. Yeah, but if, you, if you want any self-respect, don't go for it. Self-respect. I never had any. The thing is, I don't understand why it's not a multiplayer if it's suddenly EE Game of the Year. You'd think yeah. Call of Duty, multiplayer. Well, well, this is someone who's admitted Last of Us from narrative, so... True. This is the fanboard one, so it, it might be a bit... I could see Call of Duty one, but I've gone for Hades. Yeah. So, no, if, if this is fanboarded, Last of Us might come up short. 
Yeah, that's why I've already voted for Hades. <laughs> anyway, I'm going last of us. I'm voting for my winner. <laughs> and there we go. That's our predictions. Cool. We'll see how they go on the next pod. Right, shall we move on to what we're currently playing? Yes. Yeah, why not? Who wants to kick us off? You. Me. <laughs> you. Right, okay. <laughs> so, I finally completed Hitman 3. Now, hey. You know how, how much I love this game. I've talked about it numerous times, but I thought I purposely stopped talking about it because I wanted to reach the end of it and get my whole view of the whole thing. Mm. So I've completed all three of them now to complete mastery every single letter, level. And I just wanted to reminisce, really, about the whole Hitman series, really. Because I remember the very first Hitman game I ever played was Hitman 2 Silent Assassin. I remember playing on the PS2. Now, the very first Hitman game was called Hitman Code Name 47. And that was only came out on the PC. So I didn't play yeah. that one. But I remember specifically getting Hitman 2. In fact, I think it was my brother's copy. And I remember playing that on the PS2 in 2002. And I just remember it just being so different from any other game I'd played up to that point. Because I probably wasn't really supposed to play it at that time. Mm. I'm, I'm only quite young for that. I just remember <laughs> the, the different ways you could approach the game. Cause I remember the, the first the first level in it very vividly. There's this villa in the middle of a field and you've got to infiltrate this villa and you you like steal this delivery guy's costume and you you hide your gun in his crate and then you, you just walk past the security guards and then you get upstairs and this guy playing his cello, the target, and then you just end up str- strangling with like the strings of the cello or something like that. Yeah. It's pretty good. And ever since then I've kind of been hooked on Hitman because then, then they had Hitman Contracts which also came out on PS2 which was very good itself. And then the big one for me was Hitman Blood Money. Mm. That, and that was such an astonishing great game. I loved that. It was one of those games where every single level on it was just top-notch. It was really Of that generation, it was one of my absolute favourite games on the PS2. Mm. But then, on the PS3, they came out with Hitman Absolution. And Hitman Absolution didn't... It was a disappointment, to be quite honest. Is it... One of those, is it like the Sonic 06 of the Hitman series? Yeah, you could probably call it that. It was, it was, it like took it away from everything that was so great about the Hitman. It's, it was very linear in terms of its style. Like, you mm. know, Hitman's like this open sandbox and you have multiple attempts, whereas this kind of funneled you into doing things in a certain way. Mm. And it kind of did not feel like it. It, it, melt, it felt more like. Do you know the, there was two Hitman films, wasn't there? Mm. And obviously, the, to try and make an approach to a broader appeal, uh, make a, a broader appeal to more people by yeah. making them more action oriented and that kind of thing. Mm. It's kind of what they ended up doing with the game, which really annoyed me. And so a lot of it was just too straightforward and linear and just not interesting and crap. So I thought, right, is this is this pretty much the death of Hitman really? Is where did it go from here? Mm. Mm. And in 2016, they came out with this reboot on the PS4. Now, I've mentioned this before, so they came out episodically, so they only, they only initially released one level. And I was just blown away by the, the amount of detail they applied into that one level, of all the ways you could approach it, and how many hours I spent just on that one level was astonishing. I, I never quite, I don't think I've ever spent that many hours on one level of any game ever, because mm. there was just so much to do on it, and so many ways to approach it. And then I thought, well, is this going to be like oh, they'll, they'll release this first level, which is great, and then subsequently they'll diminish in quality or things like that. 
maybe they put all their eggs in one basket with the first level. Mm. But then the second level came out. It's just like they, they did it again. I'm like, right, we're really onto something quite special. Here. So then, obviously, I finished that game, loved it to bits. But and then, I don't know if you remember hearing about this, but there's a big bust up between IO Interactive and Square Enix because mm. Square Enix was the publisher. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then it was like, oh, is this? Is, does this mean they're not going to get and make another game? Because they always planned that originally this was going to be a trilogy. And then after this first game, is that is it just going to not happen? Because obviously, Square Enix owned the rights to Hitman. And then IO had to go off and be independent. And then thankfully, about a couple of months afterwards, they acquired the rights to Hitman. So they were able to carry on with this trilogy. Yeah. And Hitman 2 came along. Just it changed, They changed the mecha- some of the mechanics from the first game. And quite annoyingly, they ended up changing, as I say, some of the mechanics in the actual game. So it meant that the progress from the first game didn't transfer into the second one. So if you acquired items in the first one, you would have to replay it in the second game, if you own both, both versions. Because as mm. I've said before, you can play all three games in one game now, if you own them. Yeah. But you have to replay all the first ones again in the legacy versions in order to acquire all the items again, which was annoying. But, because I love the game so much, I was quite happy to... I didn't mind doing that. So I did all the mastery again. And finally, we've come to Hitman 3. Now, the third one, they've managed to... In, so it, there's a, a story arc that crosses all three games, but they integrate the story a lot more into the actual levels in this one. Yeah. And it's done so incredibly well. And there's a lot of fan service, I have to say, in this one. Now, Hitman has been very special. It's one of my favourite series of all time. And this trilogy now seems like it's the pinnacle of it all. And this this whole story has a definitive beginning, middle and end. Mm. And I, I'm quite sad that I think this might be the last Hitman game we see. Because I don't see where they can go from this. Um, because obviously they're moving on to the James Bond games next time. Well, the James Bond game. And it's just everything that was so great about Hitman in my youth. They managed to escalate it so much in these new ones. To anything beyond anything I could imagine. And I can't describe it. It's I, I actually felt quite emotional when I finished the game. It seemed to hit me quite a lot. And I don't know why. Because it's not like a, an emotional game mm. or anything like that. But I think it's just whenever I've played the Hitman games... It seems like any of them are friends never played them or never had any interest in them or they tried them and never really got into them or mm. anything like that. So they always kind of felt like they were my games. Like I was the only one who ever discussed them or spoke about them or anything like that. Mm. So when I reached the end of this one, I thought, this, this is for me. It feels like this trilogy is for me. Now, I know, it's, I know there's plenty of other Hitman players out there. <laughs> of course there is. But... I'm just staggered as the the level of detail and quality they managed to do this whole... And it, it never let up. I mean, there's a few levels that are not as good as others. But mm. in general, they're all really quite astonishing. And obviously they've added the um, the VR stuff, which good, I suppose. But it's, as I mentioned earlier, it's, it's one of those where you... It's VR where you're moving about, and I can't really play many of them for too long. But I've spoken about the VR stuff earlier. But... Anyway, I just, just wanted to, that's that's my experience of Hitman. I was a bit quite slightly emotional when I finished it, and I'm sad that there might not be another one. I can't see because of the because of the story. I don't see how they move on to another one. Now. Hmm. I mean, there's always ways they can write themselves out of anything. Yeah, I'm sure there is, but yeah, that's all I got to say on that. But let's move on to something completely different. So, so we had this Bethesda acquisition stuff, hmm. and I played. 
Doom reboot. Oh well. Um, this is a mental and crazy game. Have you both played it? I've not played it. No. Um, I never really got into the Doom series. Mm. This is it was bonkers. It's a bonkers game. I I have to say. Yeah. Um, I'm I've gotten a few levels in. I've not completed it, but just the absolute frenetic nature of it. Yeah. So basically, it's you absolutely fast pace. <laughs> yeah. So you're this Doom guy bloke running around Mars and whatever. To be honest, I don't quite. I didn't really follow the storyline or anything like that. Because it was just mental. So you're just running around shooting demons who are just everywhere. Now, initially, you might think, oh, it's quite a scary game. If you look at the surface of it, it does look quite scary. All these monsters and all that. But because it's such a fast-paced, frenetic, mind-blowing, it's just... <laughs> bang, 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 boom, 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 boom. That's basically the whole game, constantly. It, it's not scary at all. It's just no. madness. Absolute madness. You're just jumping around. And just the... The variety of guns and like the mods you can apply to the guns. Mm. The great thing is, it's just like you are constantly just spouting out ammo of every single gun you you got. It's like bang, 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 and then it'll just immediately switch to like the plasma gun, and then it'll switch to your shotgun, and then your rocket launcher. Just and it it doesn't like do like it it can like seems random at what it changes to. So you'll mm. just be shooting your pallet gun. And then suddenly you just start firing <laughs> rockets. And I'm like, oh, I didn't mean to fire a rocket, but fair enough, let's just do this. And it's crazy. And then you pick up the BFG gun. Uh, if, anybody oh, knows, yeah. if anybody knows anything about Doom, it's the BFG, it's the Doom gun. Yep. And it's, the, the cool bit is in the game is just like, you pick up the gun, and then you walk into this next room, and there's like 15 or so imps, so they're like the lowest form of demon, just standing there in a room. And it's basically the game just going, you, you know that you know that thing you just picked up? Just just give it a shot. <laughs> so you, just, just give it a out. test fire. Yeah. So you're just like, right, right. I, I couldn't resist. So there's just suddenly just <laughs> this blinding light and everything just evaporates. It's just like, and I, I was just like, slight jawed for about 10 seconds. <laughs> just like, oh, okay. But yeah, that is a really good game. Really good. A lot longer than I thought then. Quite a long game. Hmm. About eleven hours, something like that. Mm. But, but I want to go and play the second one now. I want to play Doom Eternal. Mm. So I'm gonna do that. I'm not a big fan of the the boss fights in that game. Though. There's like three boss fights. Okay. Although surprisingly, the final one is the easiest one, which is well, you, you fully kick kick out at that point. So. <laughs> well, yeah, I Probably. guess. Yes. But one of the things, the first two bosses, they have like two stages, and I hate boss fights that have that. I hate boss fights with more than one stage. Oh, if, yeah, you've got, if you've got a health bar at the top, and if I deplete that bar, that's it. Game over. <laughs> Not oh. suddenly you have another one turn up. No, 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 no. That, no. That's that's just not cricket. <laughs> but anyway, completed that. One final game. After all that craziness and mental stuff, I needed something relaxing. And this is a game I've wanted to play for a long, long time. And that's Untitled Goose Game. <laughs> so if you don't know what this is so this is you play a goose and basically you just go into an English village and cause havoc to the locals that's <laughs> pretty much what it is and you have to what I love about this game is just the inherent Britishness of it it's like I don't think you can get oh, yeah. any more British game <laughs> it's like one of the tasks yeah so you have to do a series of tasks which, which is mainly just annoying the locals and one of the tasks is make the old man fall on his bum it's just like you, you, can't, 
It's like, <laughs> you can't get more British than that, can you? No. Just such a charming, lovely, lovely game. Oh. I just wish it was longer. I completed it in under two hours. But I did notice there was like an, an this is like extras at the end of the game. I don't know whether they were added on later. Mm. Like extra tasks added on. And I like the um, I like the music in it. Just that that plinky plonky piano that plays when <laughs> people come close to you and all that kind of thing. It's kind of like mm. all based on what you do. Just a lovely game. I just want more of it. But then they introduced the two player, didn't they? Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah. But that's only local, isn't it? So, oh, is it? That's a bit disappointing. Yeah, I'm afraid so. But what's a, what's a, just a lovely, lovely game. Oh, very nice. Go on then, Matt. What's yours? Oh, myself. Um, so, uh, as we'd kind of discussed earlier in the podcast, um, we've all kind of found ourselves in, in the next gen, finally. Oh, yeah. Current just gen now. Just really separate. If you're wondering why I've not mentioned anything on the next gen, it's because... I've started a game, but I don't really want to talk about because I've not got far into it yet. So. <laughs> and then I had enough to talk about as it was. Sorry, good mm, Fair enough. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So we've all kind of gone into current current gen now. So, um, the first the first game that I uh, that I tried on a PlayStation Five uh, was Marvel Spider Man Miles Morales. Um, Call me shocked. Call you shots. Well, I could have said Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Oh, good so, Is that the real one? Uh, it went, uh, funny enough. I've, I've, tried, I've, I've tried a very small amount of Call of Duty just to kind of compare how it feels to from like previous gen. Very small. Um, 20 hours later. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's not a massive upgrade, to be fair. Call it for Call of Duty. Um, things load faster. Things look a little, little sharper. You know, you got, you got your. Taking up the whole hard drive. Wow. I suppose there's that. But anyway, so back to Spiderman. I've actually tried this in two ways. So you know how um, in this one there's uh, there's like two different kind of graphic performance modes. So there's one way you kind of get the whole kind of shebang. Um, whole you know graphics ray tracing uh, all sorts of graphical effects and whatnot and then there's like a performance one where you it's slightly downgraded but you play in full um 60 frame per second mode um so i tried the the 60 frame per second first um and it's i don't know it's strangely more enjoyable to play play games that way because then it's just it's just much faster and feels smoother to play um especially when you like come come across the fine sections when you find a lot at once everything is really fast so you gotta it's um it's quite challenging sometimes having to realize that you, you're playing much quicker than what you, you think needs to be playing at but once you get you get caught to it it's really nice really beautiful game so I love I love the character of Miles in this one. I think they've done him really well. I'd say he's he might be on par, maybe just a little less than the Into the Spider Verse version, which is like a massive favorite film of mine, anyway. So, but no, I managed to. I've gone through and I've completed it. Um, it's not as long as the original Marvel Spider Man. Um, I think that's about about fifteen twenty hours, while this is only about eight to twelve. Um, but they've still got a lot. In there, like a lot of stuff that you do. Um, side missions feel more kind of linked to the character and to like the the kind of the soul of Harlem from where Miles is from. 
like, a lot of the stories kind of based around Harlem, like the the neighborhood and, and that kind of connection with Miles, which is cool. And yeah, the the story is pretty good. Probably probably not as on par emotionally as what where it was for P. Parker and and Octavius, but it's still it's still a pretty good story. And I mean the the web swinging again is just is just fantastic in that game. Um, I love that Miles has got kind of his own unique animations while swinging. So like sometimes he'd be swinging backwards, sometimes he's just like flailing his arms around because he's still kind of getting used to it, which is quite cool. It's a nice little like personality that they've had to Miles. But yeah, it's a wonderful game. Um, um, I'm just going for platinum now. I'm like one trophy away from platinum, so getting close. <laughs> Uh, outside of that, I've tried a game called Man Eater. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> which was I believe it was like the first one of the first PS Plus games for PS Five. Yeah. So um, I've given that a go for a couple hours. It's um, it's actually quite it's quite nice to be able to actually swim through the water as a shark. Like control wise, they've they've done a quite good job of making you feel like an actual shark, and then. Eventually, as you kind of become like the baby shark, um, they may like the with the not that baby shark, not baby, not a baby shark. Don't start that. Uh, <laughs> um, being able to control the, the the baby shark is quite nice as well, and showing like how dangerous the sea life is while you're kind of a, a baby. So you gotta you can't just fall out attack like a whale or something. You just gonna get slapped around. But that's been pretty cool. Getting getting scripts with that. I've not played too much into it, but definitely a game i'd like to get back into and then kind of going back to a ps4 game that i've started i've like start stopped a lot of times but i think this time i've been like my longest stint of actually trying to complete it um was dragon ball z kakarot uh which is probably like boggled mark's mind um <laughs> I, was, I was about to say bless you yeah <laughs> bless you too um so I've gone through quite a lot of that. I'm I'm starting to enjoy again like the combats. Um, it's not as complex as like normal Dragon Ball Z fighting games are, outside of probably Dragon Ball Fighter Z. Um, that seems to be quite simple to get into, but hard to master kind of fighting game. But yeah, that's more of yeah. like classic style 2D, well 2.5D yeah. fighting game, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, Kakarot's. Um, finds quite quite simple and it's actually kind of a bit relaxing but there's still a little bit of challenge to it um but just going through having like an open world kind of well almost open world like they're split into their own kind of little stages but being able to kind of explore and just fly around is, uh, quite fun to do picking up orbs as well upgrading characters um i think i'm currently on the cell saga so um i've just got to the point where you're in kind of like the nine days before um, you end up having to like join the cell world. Cell games. Cell games, yeah. So just getting through that bit, there's quite a bit of filler stuff in there, but it's uh, normal anime stuff when it comes to filler. The only two other games that I've... Well, one one that I've got gone back into because I wanted to try it, see what it was like on PS5, is Fortnite, um, which has just made Mark's head explode. Uh it's surprisingly quite quite nice to play on PS5 actually. Like things loading faster, things feel a lot more, more smoother to play and stuff. Finally won solo games somehow after so many years of trying. Um, 
not very gracefully. Uh, I don't really build that much. I'm not a good builder, but I'm not too bad of a sharpshooter. So I can, if you get into my line of sight, I will kill you. <laughs> Just don't build in front of me. Otherwise, I don't know what you do. <laughs> we know your weakness now. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Just give it away. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully, I won't give them too much away. Other than that, the one other game that I gave a little go, which was free to play, is called Figure. Um, so it's a bit of like a, a third-person survival game where you've kind of got your hub hub little things called shelter and you go into um separate game modes to collect like salvage and stuff while there's about there's roughly about 14 other people kind of within this little little map where you're all kind of getting salvaged ring to your shelter to like upgrade and stuff but if you if you get killed like within this game um you lose kind of all your stuff and you just come back empty-handed and so you have to kind of like go back in again and start collecting stuff. Um, it was it was okay um, when I was playing it, but it's some of that I don't think I'll be playing much of. Like it, it reminded me of like a very kind of stripped-down DayZ mm. um, with like an added kind of battle royale aspect to it. It was it was it was alright, but I, was, I don't think I would pay too much attention afterwards. Um, well, not afterwards, after this, really. So, but it's it's not bad for a free game if if other people want to try it. So, that's uh, that's pretty much what I've been playing. So, what about you, Nathan? Yeah. So, um, over the last couple of weeks, I've been lucky enough to get my hands on a Series X and a PS5. Um, just want to give a shout out to Lisa. She was on annual leave last week and for pretty much 48 hours she was there just trying to get through to websites to get me a console. So thank you for that, my dear. Um, uh, don't even work for his consoles. Yeah. It's the wife to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, so <laughs> I, got, I got the Series X first and uh, when I got that, I decided to treat myself to a new game for it. Um, one that's been critically panned because of the bugs and it is oh, yes. cyberpunk 2077 mm. so mm. so far you weren't going to wait for the proper next gen update no it's well so far i don't think i need so it's been pretty much fine um okay. Okay. A, cu- a couple of characters have walked through doors like literally through doors. <laughs> yeah, but, <that's> <laughs> that's yeah. It, yeah. but yeah that's apart fine. from that Okay. Um, so yeah, there's when you start the game, um, you get a choice between three options for where you want to start. I think you were more of like um, an, a kind of an outsider, weren't you, uh, Mark? So yeah, you start like at the borders. Yeah, I went and, to the nomad hall. Yeah. Mm. I did. I chose the corporate life. Um, mm. on my, so I did that. Like, oh the, yeah, exactly. Very, very on brand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I chose that path. Um, I have nipples, because you can choose whether you have nipples or not. (laughs) You can also choose other things, but it's not safe for podcasts (laughs) to talk about that. Um, But yeah, I I really enjoy putting my characters together. Um, There's so much you can do with it. Um, I was probably there for probably not as long as most people, but for a good 20 minutes, just having a little play around, seeing what worked. Um, So yeah, that was fun. Um, But yeah, I've... um, I've got into it and I'm, I'm actually quite enjoying it um, so far for what it is. 
I think the world's fairly interesting uh, with its futuristic style. There's advertisements everywhere. Um, the world does feel quite lived in because you can approach nearly anybody in the game and like have some sort of a conversation with them, which is nice. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just a really, really good RPG so far. Um, I mean, to be honest, in terms of the RPG elements, no matter what you select, it's going to go one way. So the some of the bits are like optional to so you can try and get some more information. But the main conversation piece is always going to go one way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, You're always going down one route. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I've um, your character as you play through the game has like artificial enhancements and things. Um, and there's like skill trees um, so that you can you can change and uh, you can pick up loads of stuff um, and fight people. Uh, there's so many weapons as well uh, to try and get to grips with. Um, I'm only I'm not too far into it. I've only played um, a couple two to three hours so far, um, but I'm enjoying the story. And um, yeah, it's if you've got a Series X or even a PS5, I'd probably say to buy it because so far, I know I've not played much of it, but I've not experienced anything that would ruin the game as such for me. Just the funny bit where somebody walked through a door and that was <laughs> pretty good. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it so far and then I'm, I'll, I think I'll definitely end up completing it in the near future. But yeah, it's good. Um, Another game I've been playing, well, that I completed, uh, this was on the PS5. So um, when you load your PS5, it gets pre-installed with a game called Astro's Playroom. So this is like the showpiece game to tell you basically about the new DualSense controller and what it's all about. Mm. Um, So I won't get too much into this game um, because I'm sure you'll both want to play it eventually. Um, but I'll just give like a brief overview. So there's four main levels and like one bonus level at the end. But what's good about the four main levels is there's one level for each PlayStation from the past. So you'll have one level for the PS1. And as you go through, uh, as you go off the beaten track, you'll find like artifacts. So, for example, on the PS2 one, you'll go off somewhere and you'll find an artifact for the iToy. And it's just like going through memory lane, finding all these little artifacts and things and and trying to get them all. And then once you've once you've completed a level, it takes you back to like the hub world, and you can see all like the little um, bots like playing with the playstations and stuff that you've managed to collect and all the little peripherals. Um, so it's it's just a really fun little platform, and it's scattered with so many things. Um, so for example, you'll find like the big sword off Final Fantasy VII. You'll find some Crash Bandicoot stuff, just like. There's just so many like love letters to what Sony have done from the PS1 to the PS4. Mm. And then it, it includes some stuff like to introduce you to the PS5 as well. But I think it's just such a, a great way of introducing you to the DualSense controller and what it can do. Because um, it just uses everything for that controller so well. I mean, for example, when you're walking around, you can feel every single step in the controller and you can even feel when you walk from like solid ground to glass there's a difference and it's just you wouldn't think it was on the face of it you would you'd think oh this is rubbish it's not going to really create much immersion but it does and it's absolutely incredible um Mm. so yeah i can't wait for you both to play that because it's just honestly it's one of my favorite platformers i just enjoyed it so much it's i'm just upset that it's only an hour and a half to two hours long in total but it's just a really good showcase to what the um, the new controller can do. 
So yeah, it's, it's great. Um, the other than that, just like Matt, I've been playing a bit of Fortnite. So sorry, Mark, as he rolls his eyes. Um, so yeah, I've been playing some duos with uh, my wife. She's been carrying the matches, to be honest. Uh, to be honest, I think the only reason she's been playing with me is because I'm such a low level that she gets into lobbies with like bots and low level players, so we can win a few more. It's pretty sure why. I'm pretty sure that's why I won some of my solos. To be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we've we've done we've won a couple of um, duo games, which is which was fun. Um, I, I managed to get a couple of kills and assists in there, so yeah, I'm getting a bit better. And um, been playing a few team games with her and her friends, so yeah, it's good. Come on, Mark, get on the hype train. You know you want to. Yeah, that's Fortnite train. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, other than that, um, again like Matt, stealing all my games. Um, I've been playing a bit of I money. I PS5 first. True, I'm stealing your games then. <laughs> So yeah, <laughs> playing a bit of Man Eater. Yeah, it's um, well, it's an emotional start, and and then you go into like the Everglades as like a little baby shark. Again, not that baby shark. Um, and it's yeah, I think to echo what Matt said, it's just nice to go around and like. Well, it's not nice to eat turtles and stuff because I like turtles, but food at the end of the day, <laughs> I like turtles. <laughs> yeah, turtles. Um, and yeah, there there are there is stuff in there that's like a lot bigger than you are that you've got to try and get around or run away run away from like alligators. <clears throat> I'm not big enough to tangle with them just yet, but no. when I am, they are getting chomped. I'm sick of them. <laughs> um, but yeah, I've, I think I've only played about an hour of that myself. But yeah, looking forward to getting back onto that because it is a really fun game. Like near the beginning you you're a full-size bull shark and mm. just like jumping out of the water and pretty much just jumping onto somebody's jet ski and eating them it's just absolutely yeah, insane no, <laughs> um but yeah it's a really fun game and again one that you could get you can get for free um so yeah i'd implore anyone to play it if they've added it to the library um and give it a go because it's just a fun game and um i think that's about it from me to be honest i mean i've just I spent quite a bit of time trying to get to grips with the new consoles. Um, in terms of the Series X to the Xbox One X, there's not too much change in terms of UI, so it's all pretty new. Uh, sorry, it's all pretty similar for me. Yeah, this is what I was going to mention. It's just like when you switch them on, even the sound mm, turn them that's off, it. sounds exactly the same. Yeah. The UI comes on, it looks exactly the same. Yeah. And if you weren't looking at the actual boxes themselves, you wouldn't know. No. The only difference that I've seen, like in terms of the UI, is that it's a lot quicker. But you don't pay 450 quid for just a bit quicker. <laughs> it's, well, I mean, they, I feel they, sorry. Go on. Go on. I, I was just going to say, I feel a little bit shortchanged by it. By it. <laughs> I mean, I really enjoyed like the setup process because I think that was really intuitive. Um, yeah, that is easy. Yeah. Mm. Go on. I was actually the same, Oh, what was there? I think we we Microsoft though is they they want to keep everything that like that same ecosystem, don't they? So you want to make things feel familiar, so it's not quite daunting. It's just, it's, it's just bad. I just don't like that tile system to begin with. <laughs> the tile system, yeah. yeah. Like the I don't, I don't I don't like it on the PCs. So. <laughs> yeah, I think I think the the transfer from PS4 to PS5 was quite easy and um simple to do be able to transfer like madeira and stuff 
Yeah. Um, although still needing to have like the PS4 switched on. Yeah. While doing it was probably a bit. Mm, like I already want to pack away the PS4. Why are you making me keep it? <laughs> um. How did but, you yeah, do it? Menu- did you do it over the Wi-Fi or did you use a LAN cable to connect them? I did Wi-Fi. I mean, one negative that I can say about the PS5 is that when I did my Switch over, I put all my games onto my internal, uh, my external hard drive. So I was like, oh, I'll just run off, you know, everything off there. So then, you know, it didn't clear the PS5's uh, hard drive. And for a couple of days, it was working fine. Until one morning I woke up and for some reason I couldn't turn my PS5 on. And I was wondering what's going on, what's happening, why is it not switching on. Uh, unplugged my internal hard drive, uh, my external, keep me saying internal, <laughs> and suddenly it was working. Um, but I then had a dead external hard drive, which was about four terabytes. Uh, and there's no way of reviving it, apparently. Only being able to recover the data, which is just installed games, games. there's no mm. point they gain that back so public service announcement don't do yeah. that uh, may, maybe format the hard drive first might have been an idea rather than thinking I can go over to PS4 to PS5 quite easily which apparently should do but there's my experience there's my first negative yeah I mean in terms of the um, the PlayStation UI I do think it's quite nice and clean there's a few things that I've had trouble with, like for example, last night when I were on, I was having trouble getting just the chat to go through the headset rather than the gameplay. But I think I've just about sussed that now. Um, but it's it's just different. Uh, I mean, normally when you click the PlayStation button, you expect to like go back to the home screen and, and stuff, but it mm. it just pops up like as like a little drawer at the bottom. So it's just a, there's just a bit more to get used to, I think. Um, and there's still no folders yet, which I know it's important to you two to put games into certain folders so you know where everything is. Um, or everything organised. Yeah. <laughs> why, why is, that's not a beginning thing, I don't know. Mm. That's strange to me. It's a bit odd. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure... Well, like, over the console next... yet anyway, so... Nothing... Yeah, <laughs> you don't have to worry about it just yet. Yeah, you don't have to worry about it just yet. But yeah, I'm sure like in the coming weeks and months as we start to get to grips with these consoles and learn more than... Um, yeah, it'll just be second nature again. Fingers crossed. Right, we move on to the whole thing. Yes. The video game whole thing. The Hoffmeister. <laughs> yeah. So this is where I take an in-depth look at a game of high quality or historical importance and induct it into our Panther games. We feel deserve special recognition. Uh, inducting this episode was released in 1991 for the Sega Genesis slash Mega Drive. Developed and published by Electronic Arts, it's Road Rash. Ew, ew. So back when we trusted EA, it actually came out with a good game. Mm. Actually, they used to produce quite a few good games, but that was a long time ago. Actually, <laughs> I, I couldn't believe this is 30 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Really? That's 1991. A lot of right. anniversaries this year. <laughs> mm. That's insane. So what is Road Rash? Okay, so Road Rash is basically a motorcycle racer where... Basically, you have to win by any means necessary, usually involving battering the other... Punching, drivers. kicking, clubbing people. About Roadrash, I love the back of the box. The the little bit of text um, always makes me laugh. It says, kick, punch, and club your opponents off the road at 150 miles an hour. Ooh, action. Do you really reach those speeds in that game? Uh, yeah. I don't like, think so. Fast. Looking at this speedo, I think he only goes to 140. Oh, oh well, that's 
False advertisement. Exactly. Where's my 10 miles? Where's my yeah. 10 miles? What? Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, what was your most hated um, obstacle in the game? I always hated the cows. Just got in the way. Just everything, really. Didn't uh, like anything. Didn't like anything. Probably, Oil slicks were pretty uh, bad. Yeah, probably as... Was they like I don't know if there were logs or whatnot, but there were, there was stuff in there that like sent me flying up in the air. I always hated that because I couldn't control myself as I came back down, so it was just went off and like hit deers. a tree. Deers. deers, yes, deers were hilarious. I always seem to as well. I don't know about you guys. I always seem to fall off right as I've kind of gone past the police officer. I never like <laughs> fall off before. I never like get a pretty good distance away and do it. It's always like. Literally, I've just passed him and then I've fallen off. And he's like, oh, yes. well, I have to arrest you now. It's because you're rubbernecking, aren't you? You're like, yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like... <laughs> I'll just turn around. Hey, I have one officer. And then straight into a tree. Straight into a tree. <laughs> officer O'Rourke. That was his name, wasn't it? I think. Right. I'm sure. Because in the bottom, you would always, for like the rider that you come up against, mm. he always told you in the bottom right who, the, who it was. Oh yeah. Every time, every time you came to the cop, it was always a walk. Yeah. Like he yeah. really had it in for you. Like looking at the back of this um, box, there were some lookers who you raced against. I mean, look at them. Some lookers. Gorgeous. 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 Mm. For, the, yeah. for the benefit of uh, the podcast, Nathan had held up the back of the the case to show um, there's three characters that are in the game. Yeah. Got Danny Zuko on the left hand side. That is <laughs> Got Grud, oh what a name, and Sid as well. <laughs> but yeah, just about Road Rash, this was one of the games that actually made me want to get a Mega Drive. So I might have mentioned this story previous, previously in other podcasts, but in the late 90s, we used to go around to our friend's house and they had a Mega Drive. And by this time, we'd already had a PlayStation, but they just had the Mega Drive and a load of games. And we always used to play Sonic and Road Rash um, on their Mega Drive. And like once I played them two games, I was like, right, I'm hooked. Mum, Dad, you've got to get me a Mega Drive. I don't care about the PlayStation anymore. I just want a Mega Drive. <laughs> I want that 16-bit high-definition graphics with those grungy sounds that I can't get on disc. Um, but yeah, I just loved like kicking the crap out of people off the bike. Punching, kicking, clubbing people. Oh, great. It's like mm. nothing I'd ever played before at the time. And that's what you want from every game, isn't it? Exactly. Well, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's what Mario 64 were missing. <laughs> Bit of clubbing. <laughs> All like 18. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just such an action-packed game. Like, at the time when I was younger and I was first playing it, I was probably six or seven years old so this was like 98 99 um i wasn't very good at it i mean the oil slicks always used to trip me up the cows were absolutely infamous and um but yeah but once once i got next year there were no stopping me kick 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 off you go next (laughs) (laughs) get off your back that's interesting you played it like eight years after it came out hmm Still enjoyed it. Oh, yeah. Some things don't lose the appeal. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it still holds up today, personally. It's like you can still have a good go on it, and it's still fun. Did you see the mm. um, the spiritual successor? 
that came out to it. Is it Road Redemption? Road Redemption, yeah. yeah. The one that's on PS4. Was well, it PS4? Or was it PC? I don't know. It's it might, both. It might be both, yeah, yeah. Never played it, but I I didn't see particularly glowing reviews about it, but don't know mm. if either of you tried it. Um, I had a quick go on it. It's, I think it lacks something that Road Rush had. I, I don't know what it is, um, other than 16-bit <laughs> graphics. Um, and very repeatable music. Because uh, I, I watched um I watched a video on it recently and um sort of like a like a let's play kind of thing and the music's terribly kind of just one beat all the time kind of has the same I expect like really kind of heavy heavy rock kind of soundtrack but it's very it's kind of very light surprisingly hmm. um but oh it's go back to Raw Redemption yeah it's uh. I don't know, it just didn't, it didn't capture what, what made Road Rash just such fun, uh, such a fun little game. I don't know, maybe, maybe I could give it another go at some point. So basically the structure of the game was you, you so you were doing racing in California, weren't you? That was yeah. The whole, thing. the whole thing was set in California, and there's five areas, and you had five levels in each area. Mm. But it actually looked like the five levels in each area were, did look all the same in each uh yeah you kind of had your like your grasslands um, desert desert Desert. i suppose they weren't like an an urban one like kind of through the sea what's it because i'm just looking at this as a they took place in san francisco sierra nevada napa valley pacific coast highway you Mm. would have thought with san francisco you might have quite a bit of urban stuff wouldn't you Mm. Well, it might be again, too much to render on the. Um, this is yeah. This is what Mega Drive. Well, maybe, well, maybe back yeah. in the day. Can't do all them blocks. Yeah. Oh, if they remastered it and like brought it up to scratch, like Road Rush One 30, Two. Thirty-two bit. <laughs> then again, didn't didn't uh, didn't the Mega Drive have um, Sega Rally? Was it the three D? One of the first three D racing games. I think that was a thirty-two X game. It could have been, yeah, actually. And then um, it was also on the Saturn as well, which were both 32-bit systems. Because right. I don't think the um, Mega Drive on its own could render that many polygons, or or any, because it was more, any more like 2D <laughs> stuff. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that's that's fair enough. You know, originally we were going to do cars, but then they mm. wanted to do... Ooh. Right, because then, then they discovered that they could fit more of them on screen at any one time. It's actually ended up just working in their favour. Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I think you have like about four or five at once. I have to say something that impressed me about it is, I mean, you don't really see much in games nowadays, really. It's the the mirrors thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty cool feature, wasn't it? So it was like, so you pass something, and in real time, you can see exactly what's behind you, where they are. It's just like you don't you don't actually see that much nowadays. Mm. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking of like GTA. You don't even have that. No. You just have like a blurred mirror. Mm. Well, yeah, I'm trying to think of any racing games that have that, but I can't. I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure there'll be some, but that was definitely one of the others that I remember. Mm. And it's actually yeah, just a very useful thing for a game like that. Yeah, definitely. Because if you can see behind you, then you can try and cut them up and get in front of them, can't you? Mm. Um, mm. Rather than it, you're guessing it. So that was pretty good. 
Definitely. Um, here's a stat for you about Road Rash. Um, so the Game Boy version was one of two licensed games that was incompatible with the Game Boy Color and any system beyond the Game Boy Color, so it can only work on the Game Boy. So, yeah, cool. there's that. <laughs> Try to think, like, in what context does that actually mean? <laughs> so, basically, you can only play it on, on a Game Boy. You can't play it on, like, a Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advanced, DS, anything oh, like that. Oh, it was that. Road Rush on a Game Boy? Yeah. So, yeah, they had a port for it on Game Boy. Ah, they did plan a SNES version, but it were cancelled. So it only ever came out for Nintendo on the Game Boy. But yeah, you can't play it on any newer console than that, which I think is quite strange. Yeah. How they didn't get the emulation right on the colour to do it, and it's never been done since. Yeah, it's a stat. What's what's the other game that can't be played on the colour but on Game Boy? I don't know, but I'll find out. You find out. Rush 2. Rush 2, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I don't think it's Road Rash 2 for what it's worth. <laughs> Let's have a look. So something uh, something quite surprising um, that I learned as well, going back to the original Road Rash, was that they didn't really have kind of the weapon system, I don't think. Mm. Or at least not like the, the variety that like Road Rash 2 had. Like I was expecting like chains, you know, it was a two by four, um, baseball bats and all that, metal pipe. I think was there like a, a police's truncheon as well. I'm not sure. Probably. Probably. Um, Probably nick that off a rogue. Oh yeah, Diff- nick that off a cop and whacked him out. Um, and then hit a tree and then got arrested. <laughs> That's probably me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's it's not it's not quite as as violent as like um, I thought it was the original one. I mean, it's fair, it's, it's fairly well, violent. It's still violent, <laughs> but like compared you know compared to the second one. Um, it also feels a little bit more like actual kind of sports racing, like the actual point is to race. Or it gets over the idea to do that more than, than the others, because the others, I just, I just want to go around and smash people off the bike. Well, it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well it, is, it was inspired by actual motorcycle racing, where people actually used to just grab onto others' bikes. Really? And like, and yeah, like press their brakes and all that kind of stuff. Jesus, wow. Yeah. Wild. <laughs> Never expected that. Yeah. I thought so, it was just like an original idea. No, no. It's... Yeah, just change somebody at face. Yeah. Oh, you, mate. <laughs> and obviously, due to the game's violent content, uh, we're unable to secure any licenses for the bikes. Which yeah, they're, they're all originally intended. <laughs> apparently, they were all named after ones that existed. So, in the game, you had Panda, Shuriken, Kamikaze, and Diablo. And they were supposed to represent Honda, Suzuki, Kawasaki, and Ducati. Fair. Not that I know any difference between any bikes whatsoever. But no, I'm not a bike person. <laughs> Two wheels and the bars. Two wheels goes rum rum. Funnily enough, uh, me and Matt were talking about bikes earlier. We were saying if I ever like drove a bike in real life, I'd stop at like a traffic light and then just not put my legs out to steady it and yeah. just fall off. Just fall over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I never found out what that other game was. After extensive research for three minutes, I do not know. <laughs> That's fine. Do you know how long development of Road Rash took? If I had to have a guess, I'd say hmm, six months. I'd uh, say about ten months. That was actually 21 months. Oh, 
Wow, wow. a long time into it. Well, no, over two years. Close to two years. <laughs> a game oh. at that time. That is a long development time. Yeah, definitely. It is. Very long. What's the difference between Road Rash 1 and 2 when it, in terms of when they came out? 992. It was, it was only a year. 92 for Road Rash 2. Well, they would have had the engine at that point, won't they? So. Yeah, true, because all they had to do is like add some more backgrounds in and put chains in and that, and that's it. <laughs> Done. Slap like two on all it. the weapons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so. it. Club versus chain. Punching him in the face. <laughs> Power Rangers. <laughs> Power Rangers on a ball way. I'd say I never understood why all the other competitors all wear the, all the same gear. Oh, maybe that's assets, isn't it? Biker gangs. Well, yeah, assets, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. They were sponsored. <laughs> I remember um, EA used to, they put this engine in another game that I used to play called Skitching. Yeah, Skitching. Skitching? Yeah. Skitching. Well, it's, basically, it's basically a road rash, but uh, you own rollerblades. Okay. So you're, racing, so you're racing down a road and you grab onto the backs of vehicles and they pull you along. Okay. And then you kind of like slingshot yourself off them. And then oh, you, yeah. And then you batter people. Oh, yeah. Just, just like just look at that now. Just punching people. Very good game. Hey, Sketchy managed to get uh, like an urban background by the looks of this. Like oh. at Road Rash. Yeah. When, when was Sketchy released? Wonder if, well, I'd imagine it'd be after Road Rash. Uh, 94. So a couple yeah. of years after. So it might be that they could have pushed more out of the console. Yeah, they probably point. had to push a little bit more out of it. Hmm. Hmm. Suppose there was there was the PS1 version. I don't know if you guys ever put that. No, I never played the PS1 version. What was that like? It was all right. Is um, I can't remember if if there was if they did get 3D graphics or it was still kind of 2D but much more you know updated graphics sort of thing. The best thing that I can remember from the game is that like the whether you won or uh. Or you kind of got busted, or well, arrested, or if you ended up destroying your bike. There was always like a filmed cutscene for each one. Mm. Uh, I remember as, as a kid, I was always like absolutely frightened of the one of the busted cutscenes where like uh, they like open like a car door, uh, a, the police car door to like a canine who like chases like the biker, and then like the bike balls over, turns around, and like. You just see the dog's face there, just absolutely just gnawing it, like at the screen. It's like, oh my god, <laughs> why have you put this in the in a kids' game? Well, I'm saying that, wouldn't he be wearing his helmet? He was, yeah. So, don't matter. Just, Bite just me, the dog do thing. it. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the not, not the dog. The dog. <laughs> Jesus, you're not gonna get me alive. I RSPCA on. Ignore our advice. Don't do that, people. <laughs> yeah, dogs, <laughs> dogs are nice. Dog. Just, just, just not the dog. Right. <laughs> That's what we should call this podcast, just nut the dog. Um some sausages, I'm just um I'm just looking at some screenshots of the of the PS1 version and it it's roll rendering three D and there's cars there as well. It looks pretty good actually. And they've mm. actually got some urban backgrounds by the looks of this. Yeah. So, well about your urban backgrounds, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. It's what, it's what the OG one I'm missing, so it's what I want. Yeah. I mean, if if you if you can somehow find it for PS One, it'd be worth worth a go for sure. Hey, the PS One version is only about nine quid on 
um, eBay. Bit tempted to um, get it. I'll have to like, watch a gameplay of games. I just can't remember it other than I know it's just a lot more detail. And the cutscenes. Can't forget the cutscenes. With the dog. Well, that's the thing, that's the thing with the PS1, PS wasn't it? It was all about FMV sequences point to games. <laughs> oh, yeah. Gotta love those FMVs. Because now you had a disc. So you can put, all, put all this stuff on it. Got about 720 megabytes to fill. <laughs> and the terrible grainy footage. Oh god, yeah. And beach. So there we have it, Road Rush into the video game Hall of Fame. If you enjoyed listening to us, please consider tuning in next time. We release bi-weekly on Tuesdays. You can visit our website at jokingdolphin.com where we post blogs on the Hall of Fame. Also feel free to follow us on all social media platforms to continue the conversation. You can find Joking Dolphin on Facebook, as well as on Instagram and Twitter at Joking Dolphin. We're also on YouTube where we post this big podcast. Until next time, thanks for listening. Ta-da! Take care. Giraffes, everybody. Hey, it was, it was one way of being able to uh, watch animated films early without having to go to the cinema. There was a lot of, like, Toy Story 2 had like, a lot of animated scenes from the film. <laughs> what the hell? Austin doesn't seem very happy. Meow. <laughs> 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 oh, you're getting chased by the puppy. I bet you're getting chased by the puppy, aren't you? Oh, you can have puppy, sure. Just not it. He's just nutty, yeah. He's a dog. Just, just know him. That's that's the advice now. Dog chasing you, just nut him. That's how I deal with black bears. Just nut him. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll not take that advice if I ever see a black bear. Then again, it isn't like the the best is to not show fear against bears, isn't it? It's like yeah, you got to, to make yourself as big as possible. Yeah, that's it. Good <laughs> Go on then! All right. <laughs> At least you went down fighting. <laughs> no, but apparently the thing is to make lots of noise. Mm. Oh, the, the, worst thing, yeah, the worst thing you can do is surprise a bear. That's the thing. So I, know well, I suppose a, a lot of noise is surprise it. Because I know this is the thing for like in Japan is like when people are walking around in the woods, they purposely like ring bells and all that to alert the bears that they're coming. Yeah, so that they so don't they turn a corner and get surprised and then the bear will charge them if they just surprised to see them. Otherwise, the bears just don't care. Go. What would we best against Krugers? What? I said I could it wrong. Krugers? Is it Freddy Krugers? Um, yeah. <laughs> Krugers. Plural. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you do against Freddy? <laughs> what do you do against multiple Freddies? What word am I even trying to say at that point? Cougars? Cougars, yeah. yeah. Probably Cougars rather than Krugers. I reckon you could probably take a Cougar. Just a swift punch to Temple. Yeah, but it's pretty fast. Like it'd be rapid, like flaring yeah. its. Before, before you know it, as soon as you're swinging for it, your hand will be in its mouth by that point. Mm. But right, just use other end. Just use other one. Just get it poked in the eye. It's like a lot of people who say, like punch a shark in the nose. It's like yeah. if you ever tried to punch it's anything underwater, 
Oh, it's like punch. Yeah. It's like dream punching. Like, <laughs> so yeah. Good luck punching a shark like that. Good luck. I His mean, will be wide open by the time you get anywhere near. I mean, I've I've heard of people surviving doing that, like being able to get kind of a. a I think it's more once it kind of gets you out of the water. If it like once it's got its chomps on your leg, that's probably it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably like, it. Then you can like you just like. You're suddenly Conor McGregor in like MMA, just like trying to. <laughs> I watched a video yesterday about a T Rex versus a load of different animals. It was absolutely hilarious. Like, firstly, it started out with a T Rex versus a giraffe, <laughs> and the T Rex just bit it in chest, and then that were it. Take and a chest. It's got chest. a massive neck, and it there went for go. the chest. The, the T Rex went for the giraffe's chest. Yeah. The giraffe's not going to bite the T Rex. No, oh, yeah, but like, you'd think the first thing would be like necks, like long things, target. No, it went for chest. Then again, we don't have like proper historical data on like, how a T Rex actually. Yeah, we... no, we don't. Have you seen those fossils where we've got a T Rex and a giraffe laid next to each other? Rocks. <laughs> in the eyes. The That's the opening in Jurassic Park. <laughs> can't you remember that? Yes, Jurassic Park, that is. <laughs> Historically accurate film. Yeah. <laughs> the eternal battle between the T-Rex and the giraffe. Shooter! <laughs> it was actually the giraffe the shot. It was the giraffe that was the clever girl. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they got it wrong. They got it, they got it wrong in Jurassic Park. <clears throat> they weren't velociraptors. They're fake. Fake news. Giant chickens. Do you want to try and end this? <laughs> <laughs> Finish him.